I'm Alan Watt. I'm standing in for Michael Herzog today, who's trying to catch up on a lot of work. I know, I know the feeling because you'd be surprised that even the talks I do on cutting through the matrix, how much time that takes to do, not so much the talk, but all the formatting, etc., that goes in and then the uploading to all the different sites. But I'd encourage you all to go in there and look at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and alanwattsentinel.eu for many, many free talks I've given over the last few years on this agenda and all how it ties together, all the parts that, that are intricately woven together, interwoven, like the finest silk, all the huge organizations and branches and and uh, the top executive leaders and how they work in politics and in as the CEOs of big international corporations. We're under a type of fascism at the top, which is to, be, to run the people at the bottom under a form of communism. And that's the trick of it, as the big axe of the fasci uh, stands above uh, the moon and the star of communism. And that's really what the what the, the old side stood for, Saturn. Now, I believe there's some callers coming in. Be, uh, feel free to call in, and we'll have a chat. Maybe we can answer some of your questions for you. Meanwhile, I'll continue with uh, what I'm talking about now, which is the, how the Twin Towers basically was a signal, a world signal, a big occultic bang to set off a new part of the agenda, the next phase, which is the new world, taking a system into the rest of the world, a new world order, basically. The speech given by Daddy Bush, or Poppy Bush, which is more appropriate since his big dealings with the cocaine that comes in from the heroin and the poppies grown in Afghanistan. In his speech back in 90 and then 91, both given on September the 11th, by the way, on the New World Order, a term he kept using but would never really explain to the public. It wasn't meant for the public because the public, you see, um, are kept in the dark. It was for the high members of his own circle, like the skull and bones, you know, the pirate flag, the old Templar symbol. That's what it was meant for. A New World Order coming into view, he said, a big idea a big idea again it goes back to the old goddess the goddess that was born out of the head of Zeus and some will say Kronos self-willed into existence by its own power and intellect a new order of things a warrior type creed that would run over and rule over and therefore was dressed in armor and carrying weaponry that was their symbol that's why they chose 9-11 for the date. It's interesting that 9-11, as we all know, became the emergency call number for all those guys in uniform, a term they also used after 9-11 happened uh, when Rumsfeld said, I want everyone in uniform, even the postman, to put it on, because now you have an amalgamated force of one form, uniformity. And even the guys who W post now spy on you too under Homeland Security. That's who they all work for now. Anyone with a paycheck is under Homeland Security. So this 
one form that's just spread all across the world, this uniformity, is a standardization process where all cultures, all peoples will be put under the same system. All religions as they have stood uh, are being de uh, demolished. Christianity as it used to be has served its purpose before the elite and they've already pretty well demolished uh, the old form of Christianity and brought in a new type mixed with the new age for a new era. That's what's been happening. Back in a few moments. Hi. Alan Watt back again. Playing for Michael Herzog on this Friday. And I'm talking about how this world is to be standardized. It's simply too untidy for this elite, you see. Untidiness means inefficiency. And these boys at the top want complete and pure efficiency. That is why the next big religion is to be knocked down is Islam. And Islam is so different, you see, in so many ways. It's a complete culture tied up with the religion. And that's very inefficient. They might disobey. And, of course, they knew they'd get some retaliation when they go in. Every country that's invaded always does retaliate, you hope, anyway. At least there's some survival process still working there. And now it's turned into a propaganda war as we hear about all these nasty people over there who aren't too pleased about being invaded and run by a foreign power. Propaganda is used again in all wars to basically lie to the people that must be supportive of the war, and that's the general public. We don't realize in today's complex world that that little vote that you get you don't really get to pick the person that you think you're picking. You're presented with a bunch to pick from. No different than the Politburo of the Soviet era. And uh, you don't realize though you are giving your, your, the power, your power, your acquiescing, uh, all your power to that person to do as he wishes by using your name. And that means going to war as well. You never mention these things when you vote them in, of course. They never mention they have upcoming wars planned and takeovers of entire continents and the resources. But nevertheless, if people would just stop voting for a change instead of voting and never learning, they, the ones at the top would have to come forward for the first time. They really run your country. And you'll see that, lo and behold, it wouldn't collapse after all. It would still be just as totalitarian, perhaps a little more so quicker, but you would see the teeth out as they force you to go along with them one way or another. Uh, we're dealing with brutal types at the top, very brutal types. Uh, killing millions is nothing to them, never has been. World War II was completely set up in advance. Every historian that has written about the, the Versailles Treaty signed after World War I said that treaty guaranteed a second war with Germany because they could never pay off the debts, the reparations that was demanded of them. They had no option but to eventually fight it out or go under and starve to death. We know that they ended up fighting it out. We also know that the big corporations like GM, ITT, and the Rockefeller Foundations, Baxter Laboratories, a whole plethora of big companies in the West, including many belonging to Rothschilds, 
financed Hitler into power. They financed the Nazi war machine. They financed IG Farben, the umbrella company that all of these independent um, corporations went under. They produced all the armaments for Germany. The stock exchanges still went on through from New York and London, all during World War II, to these companies via Switzerland. And the big boys got rich and fat, as always, during wars, because Rothschild himself said he makes most of his money when the blood is running in the streets. And that's never changed. And no one was ever brought up after it for trading with the enemy and got actually charged and put away. If you go into the history of the Bush family, you'll find that one of them actually was charged, but eventually they managed to pay their way out of it. Again, nothing new under the sun. They financed their enemies into being. They used them to change the world. World War II was to change the world and society. Without World War II, Winston Churchill admitted he could never have pulled off their great idea of amalgamating Europe, something that he was completely for. The man who told the British public that to fight these terrible Nazi demons to preserve the, the British way of life was telling his own peer group in parties, many parties, did parties every night, that this was the best thing that ever happened, this war, because he said, we shall realize our dreams of a united Europe. Well, the public didn't know about that, did they? They might not have gone off to fight for war if they knew that. So the public are lied to in all times when it comes to scheduled wars. Professor Carl Quigley defined wars and what the, the purposes were. And apart from the profit-making motives, he said the primary, the primary purpose of war is to change the cultures on a societal level on all participating sides. And that's what they did because government grows so massively during wars. Whether it's an active physical war or a cold war, government expands drastically. And today we have this war on terror. And if you've noticed, terror has been redefined. It can be, it's constantly being updated. And there's new topics being put under terror. Uh, someone withholding taxes or even forgetting or haven't put the right, the right amount down for taxes is now considered a financial terrorist. Uh, if you're talking about certain subjects, you're anti-government, a term borrowed right from the Soviet Union, and, uh, and you're also put down as a terrorist. I guess you're a speech terrorist, a propaganda terrorist. Well, that's the state of the world as it is today. It's going to get a lot worse. The majority of the people will go along quite happily with it, thinking they're going to be quite safe. They'll watch their 6 o'clock news. They'll parrot their 6 o'clock news. They will not want to hear anything different. And I'm sure you've all had uh, someone put their hand to their ears and say, I don't want to hear that, when you tell them some of the truth. Because it's almost as if by knowing some of the truth, they might be guilty of something, guilty of knowing. Maybe that's what they're really afraid of. And you'll find that as a fact. I keep telling people, don't waste your time trying to wake up those nearest and dearest to you because the odds of them waking up, when maybe one in 10,000 can wake up, is very slim to find someone in your own family who can, who can do it at the same time. You also find that in the writings of 
of Nero and Tacitus and others uh, that, that they give speeches on how they would alter a society to a totalitarian society how they would get people to give up their rights and freedoms under the threat of terror and they said they would, they would aim all of their safety precautions towards the female because women by nature uh, expect in, in the old days anyway they expected the men to bear the problems and deal with them nothing has changed even though they've had a liberation forced upon them by technology and science and the birth control pill but nothing has really changed they still don't really want to hear most of them don't want to know some of the older ones do because with, with age comes wisdom today we don't have enough of wise older people around uh, they've, they've been shunned by society um, that was done on purpose because in the early 1900s the big tables, the round tables in the communist party too said they'd have to break up the generations so that the wise ones uh, would be pooped into old age homes and despised by the young they would have to break up the family and they've done that very very well if you're older today uh, you don't count you're somehow senile or, or silly or you're in a second childhood and so your words fall on deaf ears if you have any wisdom at all unfortunately most of them today don't have any wisdom to pass on they have never woken up themselves through their entire lives because for a generation or two we've been spoiled we've been spoiled not by hard work and rewards we've been spoiled by a, a, a glut of credit cards easy credit, pay later low terms to keep us all happy buying rewards to please ourselves rewards just like a, a, you train a rat to pull a lever and collect its reward and that's how people live today they think that's natural you work for a month or so or a week then you go off and buy yourself some goodie that's supposed to fulfill your life for you every ad on television tells you that if you buy this particular toothbrush you're going to have a happy smile all day long or whatever else they're selling and we know it's a farce we know it's untrue but people want to believe in that because they have no faith in people anymore they don't believe they can, they can have happiness with other people anymore everyone has been divided scientifically through an indoctrination process from the time they were born a scientific technique as Aldo Huxley called it and Russell and many more of the same ilk this scientific technique starts with education as young as kindergarten I'll be back and to talk a bit more about the kindergarten Hi folks I'm Alan Watt filling in for Michael Herzog and I think we have Rick from California that's called in with a question is he there? hello? hello? hello hi is this Alan? yes hi this is Rick from San Diego how are you doing? oh good um, it's a pleasure to, to talk to you finally um, I've, I've been listening to your shows for a long time and um I have a, a few questions I wanted to ask. Um, well, one of the questions is, um, like, um, if you begin to look inside yourself and you find, because, like, I've looked inside, I'm starting to look inside myself, and 
find things that are um, some things where I have empathy for people and around the world and other other things that are psychopathic or evil and and if if you have that and I'm disturbed by it can can you change it or is it just a, sort of a product of your breeding and, and you can't change it can you overcome it I guess is what I'm saying yeah and also another question I have is <clears throat> that thing um, you were talking on Henry uh, or Palmgren of Sweden um, Red Ice House that thing you were talking about in ancient times where um, your soul and your spirit uh, merge together um, is, how do you know that that that's hap- that that has happened? Is is it something like a um, is it, is it um, like a burning bush type experience, or is it just um, a, a sort of a feeling? Um, how how does one know that they have um, crossed that? Yeah, well, well, the old story has always been in all ages of know thyself. It sounds so simple until you really look at yourself, and in all ancient societies and in higher Christianity. Uh, I'm talking about the ancient Christianity, not anything that evolved from Rome. But in higher Christianity, they had to come to the the big question of good and evil, which is the same thing. It was matter versus spirit. In the world of matter, we have to eat and survive, and there's a tendency to be ruthless and to acquire out of this this fear of of dying through lack of food or clothing and shelter, etc., so, but on the other hand, too, we, we also knew as human beings there was something much higher to all of this than just the world of matter. And very clever priests came along and uh, started to fool the public and control them through this need to contact something higher than themselves. But again, the ancients knew that, that you didn't need priests because it all happened within you. Your mind was the universe. All knowledge was contained within you but get to know yourself because you do have the tendencies to be a tyrant or a very benevolent sort of a decent person, a, a giver. And that's been the, the battle all down through the ages. However, in ancient times, they also talked also about the deviant creation, which was the psychopathic type, the ones that they knew were born within society with no conscience and no empathy. It simply was not there. And these are the ones who always rise to the top, especially in money systems. They dominate it, and then they dominate the people through the money and armies and force. As far as find, knowing when you were complete, mm-hmm. you'll find lots of the writings, again, uh, of uh, the ancient Greeks, who all studied in Egypt in the higher mystery schools, and they said that, that when the other part, your soulmate, and that's what it really meant then, your soulmate um, approached approached only at your beckoning, not a, a spirit guide or anything like that, something that was simply separated from you a long time ago. When it came towards you, you, you your personality, your mind uh, became fulfilled, you became complete, and it altered you completely. You understood the good and the bad, but you also knew how to control the forces that were innate within you. That, that's what it used to always mean. Um, it, it's a very deep subject, and I could go on for hours on it, but but that's a, a brief synopsis of it. Can I make an observation? Yeah. Um, I noticed that, um, well, when I examine myself, too, like, if you don't have a... I noticed that if you don't have a, a piece of land where you could feed yourself, um, if you have to depend on money or on the system, it's almost impossible to... to to be perfect, um, to not affect somebody over, uh, like, like for example, um, 
I've been noticing so many corporations that we buy from that they that they're involved in in horrible genocide in Africa and how the U.S. is depriving people of um, Uganda of their land and case after case and I noticed that like everything we buy everything that we um, live in in society is t- is attached to um, death and destruction and and so um, so like I guess we have to like try to do the best we can and, and speak out and and um, try to you know pull back from society as much as we can and yet at the same time not be a complete hermit I, 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 I guess that's what I'm and I'm wondering yeah, that's what it is that's what it is see most people as you probably know don't care where their food comes from mm-hmm. they don't care where anything comes from as long as they can buy it cheap in the stores mm-hmm. and they don't care if it's child labor that's making something uh, which it often is from China mm-hmm. they have no empathy you, you understand in today's society it isn't just saving the good people who are everywhere. There's a minority of good people to, in today's society because most of the public have the same mindset as the elite themselves. Mm. Uh, that's what's becoming very evident. Yeah. Uh, they support any war that's going on as long as they can benefit it from it themselves and they don't lose anything through it. They're, they're psychopathic in their, in their traits, in fact, even in their own interpersonal relationships. They can't keep them or, or else they're after something from someone else. They have the psychopathic traits. We have a, a psychopathic culture, you see, which we've all been born into because those at the top gave us the culture and those at the top are pure, pure inbred psychopaths. There's nothing humane in the system. And that's why I keep saying it, it will not last forever. It cannot by its own standards. It will, it will fall apart but that they will go through hell before that happens. Mm, okay. Well, thank you very much, Alan, for, for, for talking. It's a pleasure to talk to you. It's a pleasure to talk to you, too. All right. Um, bye-bye. Bye now. Uh, I think there's another caller now from Connecticut. Connecticut, is it? Yeah. Hello? Oh, hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can. You're, what's your name? Okay, yeah, H... E-N-R-I. It's Henry from Connecticut. I'm a regular caller of RBN. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, Alan, it's great to hear you. I mean, uh, actually, I'm an old former listener of the Jackie Petru show. When uh-huh. I remember you used to be on with her, and you had excellent shows. Um, um, I, yeah, I wasn't there very long. I was like a year or so before she went off the air. Um, yeah, you you were discussing all this stuff, and it's very, very interesting. But let me get this straight, though. Um, and I, you heard of Jack, Jack Otto also, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> this, a lot of this stuff at the very top, though, it does seem to be, all of it seems to be Khazarian, or Khazar, shall I say, mm-hmm. and Jewish, or Jewish-centered. Um, even this thing going on in Iraq, uh, even this, as a matter of fact, there was a Polish uh, Catholic official. I don't, he wasn't a, I don't know whether he's a bishop or something. I heard on Radio Netherlands this morning, made some comment about in Poland uh, and the uh, Simon Wiesenthal Center and made some comment saying they should shut him up or they should punish him or whatever in Austria. They made a comment because they're not in Poland. Mm-hmm. Um, because he made some comment saying that the. Uh, the Jewish community in um, Poland is uh, sort of fi- uh, using and manipulating the Holocaust for their own financial gain. But uh, this guy, uh, Senator up here, um, his name is Joe Lieberman. I don't know how he got back in because the other guy, Lamont, beat him in the primary or hit him music. Um, but he, he, he's trying to 
agitate the people to support a war in Iran. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll answer that when I get back, yeah. Hello. I'm Alan Watt filling in for Michael Herzog, and we're talking there from a caller on uh, some Jewish influence in this New World Order, this uh, Zionism, basically. Now, Zionism has many levels of meaning, depending on what circle you, you join. And uh, if you go back, you have to go back in history to find out, really, how this whole world agenda was planned, when it was planned, who participated, in which groups were to be involved. And if you go back to the writings of John Stuart Mill, who was an economist in England in the 1700s, and then his son took over of the same name, also an economist working for the nobility and the elite establishment of London, they drafted up a series of of races which would be useful to achieve this end. In fact, they also drew up a a list of races they they considered inferior, which should not be allowed to come through. They they saw them as being destructive and would have to be eliminated. Uh, Hitler gets the blame of drafting these up. He simply copied them from Mills and H.G. Wells, who worked for the British elite. H.G. Wells wrote a a summary of history called uh, History of the World, Part 1 and 2. It was finished by his son, in New York but uh, he also drafted up the the list of chosen peoples that would be useful for the dominant minority to use to bring it all about and they chose to bring in Jewish people because they said they had great management experience and great education it proven uh, that through times of turbulence and, and horror they could still come through on top they were survivalists, and they were very good, of course, at managing the money system. And so they decided to bring in what was what eventually was called Zionism. However, it was run from London, and other groups apart from the Zionists were to come into this. You would understand at the top of Zionism, uh, which was funded, in fact, into existence by not just Rothschild, but also by the British establishment, at the top, they're all psychopathic, and you have them in every culture. And they can be the head of some uh, a group in China, or the, the, the heads of some of the Hindu groups. They don't care uh, what name they give themselves at the top, or what cover they go under. A psychopath is a psychopath, and you have a world club of the elite psychopaths today. You have aristocracy amongst them all. You have Jewish aristocracy that never mixes with the ordinary Jewish person, and they intermarry to and interbreed at a higher level. Um, you'll find the Balfour Declaration, if you go read the whole thing, it's very interesting, because Balfour, who was the Prime Minister of England at the time, also went through this process of why they had to set up an outpost in the Middle East, and they would use the Jews to do it, and they would set up an armada. If you understand what Armagh meant, it was setting up a, a British post in in Ireland uh, that would cause mayhem down up to the present day with Catholics and Protestants. You put a foreign people in in the midst of people that you want to conquer. They create eternal strife, and there has to be a resolution down the road as people become war-weary. Well, that's why they set up the State of Israel. The British government pulled thousands and thousands 
empire, the Turkish empire that ruled it at the time. Britain did the fighting. Britain took it over. And Lord Storrs was put over that on behalf of the Queen as the Consular General. And he ran Palestine. You should read his books as, as they set up the future state of Israel. The books are called the Orientations and read his memoirs as well. Uh, lots of good information written from the horse's mouth. And he also said we are setting up a new Ulster. An Ulster, sorry, as opposed to an Arma, but an Ulster. We're setting it up in the Middle East. It would serve Britain for years to come. There's more to this than meets the eye. Well, hmm. well that's very interesting, uh, what you're saying, but I also was told by uh, a couple of sources that the British royalty as well, which, I mean, you know this because you're an expert with this, but the British royalty as well as the... Um, Spanish royalty, as well as the uh, Queen Beatrix of the Netherlands, are not the real royalty at all. That they are really Rothschild or Rothschild people. Well, really there's Coburg Gotha is the real name. They're Prussian. Right, they're, they're Jewish. Prussian. Yeah. yeah, but they're not German German. They're Jewish Khazarian. Uh, 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 matter of fact, the Queen Elizabeth, they're really uh, in that, that inbreeding when they marry into each other, that's Khazarian. Uh, what you'll find at the top is that the psychopaths who have power and money will breed with any other people with power and money and who are also psychopaths. See, we're so easy with this. We want to find a specific target because obviously the ordinary Gentile guy couldn't do this monstrous stuff to Gentiles. Well, that's hogwash. The history of this world is with people beating up other people, Some, sometimes the guy living next door to you. We are certainly capable of being very destructive to our own people. Read your own histories. Yeah, but I look, I read stuff with the ancient uh, Germanic tribes and even the ancient Scandinavians, um, you know, the ancient Norse from uh, uh, Norway and Sweden and stuff, I mean, long before Christianity even came around. They did not interbreed with each other like these Khazar royalty, even the ones they were, back then they would call a so-called king. He wasn't a, called a king, but in that kind of format uh, position, they didn't interbreed with their own sister and brother. This stuff is a very Jew-type thing. And I was told... Yeah, I'll that, tell you one thing. The, the ancient Egyptians did it, too. Well, so yeah. So did the ancient you're, Sumerians you're talking did about it. the Luciferian Egyptians when the, when the Luciferian religion took over the original pagan religion of Egypt, because Egypt is really could be 10,000 years old, but like Osiris compared to Ra, isn't Osiris really a fake god, which is a representation of Sun? It's nothing to do with gods. It's nothing to do with gods. It's all esoteric. That means nothing to do with actual Right, right. Being. It's a representation, a representation of man's intellect and and of Lucifer, which is representation and delight. I mean, the, the Osiris and the all-seeing eye. The illumined it's mind. Deeper, and... It's even deeper than that. And, and you'll find even the Akkadians who came in initially into Sumer and started the whole ball of wax rolling off, married their sisters, and they were, they were not Semitic people. Uh-huh. Well, let me ask this about Hitler uh, before I let you go move on to another caller. Otto says that Hitler might have been related to Rothschild even though he didn't like Jews. Mm-hmm. Have you came across something that's similar? There's a lot of information that he may have been, according to his mother, who they claim was a housekeeper for the Rothschilds right, Rothschild, and the Rothschild right. family. However, you'll never know um, for sure. See, these things are wonderful for speculation because without the ultimate proof, that's all you're left with is speculation. 
But, right, but we, you know, we do know. He wrote another book called New World Order, did he? I mean, along with mine comes, didn't he write another book, but it's not right, widely circulated, called The New World Order? Oh, yeah, he used the term, but he wasn't the first to use the term New right, World Order. But didn't Order. he write a second book? Yeah, he did write that. a couple of books, yeah. Okay, so it's a couple of books. Is more than two? Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of uh, articles you put out in magazines as well over the years. Oh, yeah, but I'm talking about two books. I mean, when he uh -huh. came into power, and I'm not talking about the pre-artist Hitler. I'm yeah. sure he did a lot of different things. I'm talking about once he was in power, when he had his political thing that he was doing. Mm -hmm. He supposedly wrote two books. I know Mein Kampf, but there's supposedly Otto said there's another one, but it's not widely circulated. It's not many copies around. Mm -hmm. yeah. Called New World Order. Well, I had somebody read the unexperienced edition of Mein Kampf. I'm going to say this. I'm going to go because I know you got other callers. Um, I'm not saying all Jews, and I'm not, I'm not uh, necessarily sympathize with National Socialism per se, even on German, German extraction. Mm -hmm. But uh, that guy, according to the person who did read the whole, almost the whole thing, and this was an unchanged book, uh, I think it was Hearst and Blackett edition, that guy really did know those people. I mean, I'm not making a joke. The stuff that's going on now, the stuff that happens about them when they go in any any country and... Uh, like you can see how we should be very third, we should be very mixed and diverse, but yet Israel should stay all Jewish. Uh, the, all the stuff that he's saying about when they take over, look what they're doing right now with the gold market. Gold is going up to 680 something. I'll see when gold goes past 690, uh, sometimes discuss this with Robbie Noel from Republican Trading, Republic Trading Group. They try to ham, sell down so many tons and hammer the gold down, you know, lower the price. Oh, it isn't just them. I'll tell you, the biggest players in the market for gold in the world, and they always have been, are the last ones you'd think of, because it's India. The Brahmins of India are in the largest untapped reserves of gold, but the biggest purchase of, of gold in the entire planet. Yeah, but they're not manipulating it like the Roth House of Rothschild does, in other words. They, they, all, they all manipulate it. Oh, I thought they were just buying it for their own... Um... Oh, no, no, they hoard it, too. And, and they oh, so they're flipping it, they're bouncing it back and forth between uh, yeah. them to Rothschild to China, and they're all playing together? Or... These guys all play together. At the top, as I say, these characters don't care what titular religion you were christened or born under. They don't care, as long as you're one of them. You're one of an established elite that have proven their worth. Some of them don't want to sell because they know what's coming up, even the Chinese... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This yeah, but if they sell it back to Rothschild, then this system is going to come in. Back to them is, is going to be a system where you you won't have any money. You'll have credits given by government. Yeah, like that thing in Star Trek, right? Like Gene Roddenberry. It, it's been written about by the elite themselves. They said this a hundred years ago. They'd bring this in. Yeah, but didn't Gene Roddenberry write that in the Star Trek thing? Because in the Star Trek movie, they were talking about credits when they're buying. Uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, All right. Mortgage, I remember that. You know? yeah. Okay, I'll let you go. All okay. right. Nice talking to you. Excellent show. Yep. And I think now um, there's also Roger. Uh, is it Roger? It's Pencil. Well, that was a Roger, was it? Was well, that Roger? This is. How you doing? Not so bad. How are you? Uh, well, thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, I appreciate the show, I, and I don't mean to even sound like I'm locking uh, horns with you uh, here, because uh, I'm really not. So, well, it will sound a little that way at first, but, you know, the, the uh, psychopathic, the term uh, is sort of a, a atheistic uh, uh, substitute for the sin nature, which is uh, universal to present-day men, of course. Uh, you know, all... Uh, all sins are now converted to uh, disorders, 
and the only thing to be uh, guilty of anymore is uh, guilt, I guess, mm-hmm. per se, but not any, uh, uh, you know, the, we have all our sins reduced to uh, these uh, ATI's terms. But uh, there's, and I, I thought you were suggesting earlier that, you know, the, it, in the uh, physical and material plane that, uh, that maybe it implied that all uh, physical uh, existence was in, uh, inherently uh, evil. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not, I'm not quite stating that that quite right, but that's been one of the, uh, I, I think, fallacies. Now, uh, the Presbyterians, as uh, characterized by, I guess, Calvin's uh, tulip doctrine with a T being uh, total depravity, held that all creation was depraved or fallen and affected by the... Uh, by the uh, sin nature, including, uh, you might say, inanimate objects, mm-hmm. were also part of the fall. Yeah, the, the fall is the fall into matter. That's what it means. Well, you fall into the world of matter, where there are fixed laws in matter. And it's oh, true enough, you either eat or you work or you die. Uh, oh. that, that kind of thing. The problem is to become so engrossed in the world of matter... And it'd be much easier if if I dominate all of you, and then you keep me in a good lifestyle, then I don't have to worry about all those fears anymore. And that's the problem, you see, with the world of matter. That's how the elite arise, and they're able to dominate everyone else by generally using a money system. The ancient people, remember, had no money of any kind. And they lived in a tribal-type setting where everyone in the tribe was important to the tribe, regardless of your fitness physically or anything else. No one was left out of the tribe. And money really was the corrupting factor that that allowed an an elite to get a leisure class that could study and study over time and then become basically a priesthood that could then dominate. She would only learn in class. So money was the key. Without money, you couldn't have had this leisured class they could sit and plan a future for the rest of the people and uh, the temptation in the world of matter is to become pragmatic to do that which is practical until you throw out anything which is of, of a humanitarian nature and so you have an aberrant type creature and that is the psychopath the psychopath can rationalize any evil act against other people um, to, to please his own ego they have no problems with that. They have no conscience. It's difficult for ordinary people to understand someone existing like that, but there, there are many of them who live and exist like that today. Yeah, well, I think uh, the word pragmatism is almost inherently uh, pejorative, uh, in the, in the, certainly in the sense in which it's used in the political realm uh, as being, you know, uh, uh, apart from... Uh, you know, from any moral considerations. So it's an amoral posture, and therefore it's an immoral one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one thing if you say you're going to, you know, put up your greenhouse in your backyard while you'd like to do this, uh, make it deluxe, but in the short term you're just going to be pragmatic and uh, mm-hmm. and throw up a, a tarp instead, you know, of what you yeah. really like. But that's a different, a whole different context of the usage. And uh, I guess William James, or, or the, one of those uh, pointy-headed intellectuals, developed uh, pragmatism into a, an idealized political philosophy to be used what, in what I would regard as that pejorative, inherently pejorative context. Yeah. 
but uh, I, you know, what I was getting at is that there's not. A, I like to bang this gong at least a couple of three times a year, or maybe not often enough. And that is, these elites get away with this because they're relying on catering to our inherent sin nature, which is to always be. We're always. We're all basically manipulative buggers. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of the object uh, for all of us is to get other people to do our work. Mm-hmm. And so this is what the uh, uh, this is inherent to socialism is it, it's an inherently a uh, spiritual uh, uh, problem of selfishness. And so we can't even think to get rid of the uh, Illuminati one world or burger elites without at least simultaneously thoroughly discrediting the socialist enterprise in all its forms. Mm-hmm. You see, socialism that was pushed as a t- was a temporary thing, and, and the elite who gave us socialism said it would be. But it's, and during that period, they would lull the people to sleep by, uh, by keeping them in a perpetual childhood so that they wouldn't care what was happening around them. They'd be too happy playing forever with toys and doing things they like to do, enjoyment. And that's why they use socialism up until this present point. Now they're starting to pull the rug from underneath your feet, and uh, they haven't given you anything to replace it with, so you have panic setting in. Alan Watt, playing for Michael Herzog, who's up his eyes in work on this Friday, as are we all indeed. And um, I don't know if there's any more callers, but I'd like you all to check in to my websites, cuttingthroughthematrix.com and alanwattsentientcentral.eu. You'll find transcripts in different languages of my talks made available. You can download them for free. And I'd like to thank all the staff out there that are doing this all for me from all over the world. Very busy people who do care what happens in this world and are doing something about it. And um, I'll be on for the first half with John Stadmiller coming up in a few minutes. And I'd like to close off this this uh, second hour with but just stating the fact again that you have to look at the elite of all cultures, all peoples, you'll find they gain their power by the same means, by being ruthless and cunning, and by dominating and slaughtering people down through the years. Now you have one big club, a club that was under many names, uh, the Illuminati is simply the lowest term they'll use, but they are all working in cahoots today, have been for a long time, and it's time the ordinary people start to see through this, the race game to overcome it and survive. Thanks for listening. <laughs>